What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised uh, Geek. This week, we are diving into all the massive changes happening over at WB and DC Films. And with the Game Awards this week, we wanted to share our thoughts on our most anticipated games for 2023 and pick our favorite comics and video games of 2022 as we start to wrap up the year. So let's get into it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today? My friend, everything is... All right. Cannot complain as usual. Yeah. <laughs> Always feeling all right. I am good. Everything's all right. Uh, about to start a week of vacation. Then you should be doing better. And all right, man, it's day one. It's the furthest from having to go back to work. Yeah. It's like you just got to turn your brain off to it. Uh, ignore the emails, ignore the phone calls and just try to live your life in a relaxed state. That is what yes. I'm going to attempt to do for the next week here uh, nice. i had some time left that i had to burn before the end of the year so that's what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna enjoy myself <laughs> that's good that's good i can complain because it's december 10th and it is 80 degrees outside and that is just weird it's really hard to be like hey let's watch a christmas movie when i'm sweating mm, yeah like what is that what is but, that what am i supposed to do with that see that's that that's that south that's that south weather man like here in the midwest we we have kind of this say what you will about chicago or whatever but weather wise in the summer it's hot in the winter it's cold and it looks like christmas so you kind of get the best of both worlds if you can handle i know some people don't want to ever be cold or have snow and that's fine they can whatever but for those who want to feel in the spirit of the holidays a nice little crisp cold weather in the in december is you know not not too bad not too shit only time i wanted it yeah it hasn't gotten too cold yet either like not we haven't dipped into the zero degree so when it's here in like the you know upper 30s around 40 degrees and you can still go outside with a a sweatshirt and you feel that cold holiday wind Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's that's I, I I hear you. 80 degrees in December is a little weird. Yeah, I was putting up Christmas lights outside and sw- I came back in. I'm like sweating and I was like, just where's like, my what? shorts? Yeah, I'm just wearing shorts right now. That's pretty much what I went to put on. I had my jeans on from going to work and then I was out there and I was like, this is a terrible idea. And I had to put on my shorts. And then when we're trying to figure out what to watch, we're like, you want to watch a Christmas movie? I'm like, no, it's 80 degrees. Like, I don't. It like just I feels watch weird. A, let's watch something summer movie because it's feels like summer out here yeah i want to watch people on the beach and let's watch jaws um oh it's just yeah it's just really weird it's just really weird i don't yeah. like it i don't there like it at go. all <laughs> but we had a lot going on this week man and we are going to dive into it and you want to make sure out there listening and watching that you don't miss it and miss everything that's coming that we're going to talk about as we move into 2023. So make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast on all podcasts, social media services, and now YouTube. So if you're watching us, hit that little subscribe button up there, hit that little thumbs up like, and help us jump into the algorithm as we're just getting our uh, feet wet over here into this platform. Uh, But make sure you hit us up there. And if you want to join a conversation and talk with us, you can hit us up over on Twitter and Instagram at Raised a Geek. You can hit us up on YouTube at Raised a Geek, or you can shoot us an email at raisedageek at gmail.com. We're getting all the corners locked down. Yeah, next thing you know, we're going to be on MySpace and oh, bring that wait. back to life. And wait. <laughs> Make our top eight. Put Jeff Lemire in there. We both like that guy. Yeah, we uh, do like that guy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, Don. This week, over at WBDC, which we had no plans on even talking about this because this just crazy news just dropped all over the place. But James Gunn is making moves over at DC Films. Mm, And uh, there was a big report coming out of Forbes this week. Uh, When did this drop? And pretty Uh, much everywhere. Everybody's everybody's kind of reporting on this now. I've seen it from all corners. Yep. Um, And it's and it started with the big announcement that Wonder Woman three was canceled at WB Discovery 
as the new DCEU plans take shape. So I'm going to read a couple things from that, but definitely check out the report over on Forbes if you want a lot more information or details or just want to read it yourself or give them a click. But basically, rumors coming out of the studio and making the rounds suggest that DC Films, uh, James Gunn and Saffron might be planning to let the current crop of DCEU films release in theaters and then close out the existing version of the DCEU altogether, basically the Snyderverse, and replace it with a new rebooted cast of heroes. And this came kind of after Warner Brothers rejected Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman 3 script. Um, and basically, it seems like the story coming out of that was she handed it to them. It was written by her and Jeff Johns as they did Wonder Woman 1984. And the studio kind of said, well, this really doesn't fit in with what we're thinking about doing. Um, it was rumored to set in a post-Justice League world so it was going to be present day versus all the previous ones that were set in the past and it doesn't really allow the dcu to move past the snyderverse because they were going to still bring up a lot of those moments and those things because that's the universe that this version of wonder woman was in and patty jenkins rumored or supposedly was refusing to do any edits on this script so basically wb said well in this current version we're not doing that so no Wonder Woman 3, and this was the first big kind of bomb, and it actually came, it was really weird because Gal Gadot tweeted out the day before this news broke, she tweeted out a thing basically saying, I was so honored to be able to be Wonder Woman, and I can't wait to show you what's next. And then the next day, her movie was canceled. And uh, one of the big things was that rumored reasons or another really easy way for why WB might have wanted to cancel this was because finance, finance, financially? That's the right word, right? <laughs> Finances showed that uh, Gal Gadot was supposed to be making $20 million and Patty Jenkins was supposed to get 12. So you're looking at $32 million just to bring those two people in to this film. And with WB making all these cuts and making moves to try to save money, maybe seemed like an easy one. But Don, how, what's your reaction? How do you feel about this Wonder Woman 3 being canceled? Uh, not, a, not a ton of feeling about it. It's, it was a little... I don't know if the word is shocking because I I know that they originally had probably planned to do this as a trilogy, but we all know we've kind of talked here and there before, like you and I weren't the biggest fans of 1984. Mm -hmm. So like a a third one wasn't going to excite me too much anyway, uh, unless they kind of just did a complete 180 in reverse course and made it closer to the first one, which I thought was actually pretty good. Um, so yeah, some of the details coming out now, we do have to add that a lot of this is rumored. There's not yes. there's not confirmation of, you know, um the the scripting rumors and she walked off and it it was not really James Gunn letting her go, but it was more her saying I don't want to do this anymore. That's all internet hearsay. Yeah, and James Gunn as, I think tweeted out some stuff you've heard is true and others mm-hmm. isn't and we'll figure it out pretty much yeah. more or less some like some him. stuff some stuff we're still thinking about at least he's being transparent as much as he can be like he's not right. going to sit here and tell us their entire 10-year plan right now but he is at least a, he hears it he's on twitter every day posting stuff right. so he knows people are talking about it so at least good for him for kind of getting out and saying something right um but yeah, I've I've also seen things that D, they still want Gal Gadot to be Wonder Woman. They just didn't want that movie. So who knows what happens with the future of that character? Um, there's so many other rumors going on on about like the legacy DC actors and what's next for them. So I don't know. I, I'm with after James Gunn's comments. Like, like I said, it's good to see him talk about it, but I still right. feel confused about it. Like, there's well, no, we don't have any concrete answers for really any of this no this not as of right now we don't have any answers there obviously been a lot to talk about black adam and where that falls because that's the most recent dc film to come out um and nobody knows where that falls with the sequel you had henry cavell come back as superman in that movie as a post-credits thing and now you don't know now there's rumors that man of steel 2 has no plans on moving forward with that because they want to leave the snyderverse behind now we also know we have next year aquaman 2 and Shazam 2 both set to come out, but that all falls into the Snyderverse and is tightly tied in with that universe. And if they want to move past that, what is the point of those movies? You know, and we still have The Flash as well next year. We have three big DC movies that we have no idea what's the point of seeing them at this point in time. They're all supposedly rumored to be swan songs. Um, There are even rumors that uh, Batman cameos filmed by Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton might not even make it into 
Aquaman 2 because they haven't made a final decision about what to include. So they just have no plans. So we might see them in Aquaman, but we might not. See, it's saying they don't have a plan, but I think they do have a plan. They're just not ready to tell us what the plan is and who it involves. Mm -hmm. I can't see James Gunn uh, completely moving away from the Snyderverse. Uh, and if he, I mean, if he does, I still think he's going to want to use some of the same actors. I mean, he made Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. you, think he, you think he wants to fire Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn? I right. don't. Like, he made Peacemaker, and it has a scene at the end with Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman. He made that show. Like, is he just going to act like none of that exists moving forward? Is John Cena technically part of the Snyderverse? I guess so, after seeing yeah. that scene. So, I mean, a reboot is cool, but as we've kind of said, and I think we both agree, you can do more or less a soft reboot and still use some of these actors unless he just him and Saffron just don't like these guys. If he don't, if they don't want Henry Cavill. They don't want Henry Cavill. And I mean, I've, I'll feel bad for the guy. He quit the Witcher to make the, to like, I mean, right <laughs> to do this. Um, so I don't That's know. That's going to be the next news. Henry Cavill returns as Geralt. I'm telling you, my biggest thing I'm thinking here is like, how many years is it going to take me to actually see the fruits of this payoff? Like, if you're going to reboot this again, are we going to be 50 years old <laughs> until yeah. until this thing finally gets off the ground? Like, am yeah. I going to care anymore? Uh, it's going to be, yeah, five, six, ten years before we actually see another Superman at this rate, because they're already saying well, next year we already know what DC films are coming out. We know we have Blue Beetle. We know we have uh aquaman shazam and flash so i mean those are the four movies and they're now considered part of this canceled yeah so you're telling me those thing. movies aren't you're tell already telling me those movies aren't leading to anything like substantial as a universe if you want to do a connected universe then you're already saying like what am i going to see aquaman 2 for you guys are talking about rumors wanting to cast him as lobo and right like, have him be done as aquaman so it's very strange. It's all very strange. Now, should that take away from just enjoying those movies if they're treated as standalone stories? It shouldn't, but it does. Like, I, even, isn't that even weird? Sub, ob, subconsciously, like you should be able to go in and be like, if this is a good movie, I'll just appreciate it for what it is. But knowing what they were going for and knowing, you know, how they kind of have been trying to follow this model that Kevin Feige and the MCU is set the bar on all those years ago now to know like if you're going in to see aquaman 2 and be like well this isn't leading me to anything like i'm not hyped for the next project uh it kind of takes away and i just my brain can't help but think that way with this right. stuff so i don't know like i don't know yeah it's really it's really weird trying to figure out because i should just be able to be like oh i just want to watch an aquaman movie cool um, my wonder is how much, how important is the Flash going to be? Because clearly, if you're going to do any kind of reboot, Flashpoint is the way to do that reboot. When you're messing with different versions of characters, different universes, multiverses, it's so easy then to recast, tweak characters with the same actors. You could do a lot with that movie. And now with having this like year delay for the film, how much are they changing in this thing? I mean, so there was also rumor that Henry Cavell did a cameo in that one as well. Like, there's all kinds of stuff, clearly. But, I mean, is that going to be kind of their wait until Flashpoint? All will be revealed in Flashpoint. I mean, is that really kind of the point that we need to wait till? I don't know, man, because that movie was already made and scripted and kind yeah. of basically done before this hierarchy change, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, that may have been the old regime's way of kind of rebooting things, but does James Gunn want to do things that same exact way? Yeah, who knows? Probably not. He could, he could easily release Flash and be like, ah, this movie's going to make millions of dollars, and then I'll still change whatever I want. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'll just make a new... Now the DC universe revolves around Matt Reeves' Batman was the first movie of this new DC. Uh, you know, He could easily go that route if he wants to and be like, that's our starting point. That's our Iron Man. You know what I mean? Yep. 
Um, well, that's so, what I was going to ask. That was the last thing I had on the little checklist there is that is kind of one of the rumored. Uh, once again, everything's a rumor right now. Nothing officially has been said. So we're just reacting to people's wildest dreams. But supposedly the new DCU, there's a potential possibility for it to be set in the Batman's universe. So just like you said, that would be movie number one. That's the Iron Man. And Matt Reeves has kind of become the Christopher Nolan of this new DCU. How do you feel about that? Do you, I mean, the Batman was always kept separate and was said to be on a different earth than whatever else. Well, I got news. Different. I got news for you. Things change quick, right? <laughs> like buckle your safety belt. If that's what they want to go, <laughs> I, I may not have an issue with that, but the only thing, I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool. I like the feel of that movie. I, obviously if you're going to, move into other corners of dc it's not going to all feel like that like gotham city is a dark gritty right. movie like that was they're not all hopefully not all going to be that same way if they that's the route they went but then my biggest thought is okay if that's what we're doing then we're just wasting time with flash aquaman well yeah you know that we're just totally wasting time uh so i don't know i wouldn't have a big issue with it i do like the idea of that being separate and its own thing but also i couldn't blame them if they decided to go that route i mean the movie was great yeah financially successful uh people really took to robert pattinson's portrayal and that whole world so i don't know i guess we'll kind of have to wait and see yeah i don't know i mean i like that idea i'd prefer them to leave it alone and figure out their own thing and keep batman grounded because as the justice league taught us anything once we got into those bigger threats like dark side batman was kind of out of place and really they didn't have a role for him and if you want to get bigger justice league kind of levels of action and just like story drama Batman just, I mean, I know you'll probably want him in there, but Batman just was running around with a shotgun for like two movies, just <laughs> not knowing, fighting these monsters and just really kind of didn't have a place. And I'd be okay, but I guess, guess you really can't do a Justice League without Batman, so. And I also think like they may be onto something because I, I think they just decided that it gets too confusing when you have so many different Batmans in the same world, you yeah. know? Yeah. Have, not even same world but like dc's making two different batmans yeah why why yeah. is that have have one batman yeah so that's I mean, they might have to put them together you know i don't know we'll yeah. definitely see like there's a lot to unpack there's a lot to figure out we're still waiting for a lot of dust to settle here on this conversation next week because we just found out yesterday that black adam will finally make its hbo max premiere on friday december 16th i think it is so don and i have finally watched black adam because we just kind of refused to watch it and we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about with that but then any other fallout from this news we will talk about and any other changes and how we feel with black adam being the kind of last dcu film or not really but at least the most recent and where does that go because there's going to be a lot of teases into that as to what they want and Dwayne johnson has already said a lot of stuff that he wants and i don't know if he's going to get it and we're going to dive into that next week on our black adam conversation Dwayne Johnson's just waiting to catch James Gunn in the streets. Be like, what are you doing? What are you doing to me? Yeah, I can, I could see that. I can see that face off. I can see that poster right now. Um, <laughs> but now I think it's time for us to talk about the game awards happened this week. A lot of crazy announcements, a lot of crazy awards. And we want to talk about our most anticipated games of 2023 coming out of the game awards and a little bit of our favorite games and comics from 2022 as we wrap up this year in the next couple of weeks. But before we do all of that, we want you to know this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So the Game Awards were this week, and it's one of the biggest nights of gaming where we have all kinds of announcements, world premieres, release dates. It's where they kind of showed off the Xbox Series X for the first time. And the coveted game of the year was announced. Um, and there was a big race because obviously God of War Ragnarok, one of the biggest games of the year, and one we've talked about here on this show was up for best game. And the big question was, could it beat Elden Ring, the previous um, I guess, number one contender for the game of the year. It's been out since April and it was kind of a shoe in for that until Ragnarok came out last month and everyone said, oh, this is 
This a is, new contender has a new contender, and it was and it was kind of a a big thing. I know a lot of people were making a lot of comparisons because in 2018, when God of War came out, it was up against Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh-huh. which was another huge game that came out earlier in the year that then it was like, is it going to be better than God of War? And God of War ended up winning game of the year. Well, didn't really work out that way this time because Elden Ring took game of the year over God of War Ragnarok. Does that surprise you in any way? Uh, I don't know if it surprises me so much, but before I talk about that, I just want to see, just as you were going through your, um dialogue dialogue right there about game of the year i'm just curious if when a game wins game of the year usually starting at that point on they use it to advertise for the game you know they usually they slap slap it on the box it says now game of the year edition or game of the year winner does that ever influence your in like if, if a game was to win game of the year that you hadn't played before now that it is game of the year do you have to find out why? Like, is that enough? Is it is does the award mean something to you? Or is it just kind of like a frivolous doesn't mean too much. That's just a bunch of people kind of decided that was the best game made this year. But same thing. It's like the same argument people have when the Oscars come out. When something wins best picture, do you have to go see it? Because now, well, I got to see why it won this award. Uh, you personally, does that affect affect your thought? Not really. Um, I'm interested in the game if I'm interested in the game. Um, if I'm not, I'm not. You know, last year it takes two one, which was a co-op game about divorcing couple turned yeah. into toys, um, which I did actually play half of that game and it was fine. Um, what well, we played of it, but it still is just kind of like, okay, Sekiro won the year before. I always kind of wanted to play that one and just really never did. And that's another from software game, kind of dead dead souls type game, which Elden Ring is as well. So from software definitely has a stranglehold on game of the year contenders when they do drop a big game, um, but which I still haven't played. Mostly that's just because it doesn't drop in price nearly as much as like dead souls. I picked up dead souls games for like 10 bucks. And I think the cheapest I've ever seen Sekiro was 30. Um, so I just still just never really got around to that time to play that. So it doesn't really affect my judgment on that. I know if I'm interested in it, I'm interested in it and I'll probably check it out. It might, if I'm, if it's something that I want to play, it might just kind of cement that in my head, but it really doesn't. How about you? No, not not so much either. I was just curious. I mean, I remember back when Arkham first Arkham game, I think won one or was it Arkham city? One of them did. And they threw it there on the box and I didn't have it. I was like, well, now, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll, of course I got to get it now, but that's, that doesn't happen so much. I mean, I guess, like you said, it's more of just a title for them and like a Mm -hmm. pat on the back to the creators and they can kind of, you know, brag about it and boast about it a little bit and be proud of it. So it's good for them. I was just curious what you thought. Um, As a consumer, I'm kind of indifferent to it for the most part. Usually the big games, I've checked out or planned on or did already because they're the big games for a reason. They have mass appeal for the most part. So, right. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, to get back to your original question though, um, does Elden Ring winning over God of War surprise me? Not so much. And I'm only basing this on the hype I've heard of Elden Ring from day one, almost pretty much basically like people were in love with the game and, kind of how it revolutionized open world games and changed things around and 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 people were really enjoying it now the reason i can't say too much on is i have not played elden ring um it is a game i've wanted to play before the one game of the year whatever mm-hmm. so ask me again and after I get, I get to that game if if i think you know it's better than god of war or not but just based on hearsay i mean they they both sound like great games so i don't think if god of war won it would have been surprising either like it was a well-deserving i think everyone kind of decided it was down to those two yeah you know hats off to the all the other games i'm sure they're well deserving and the ones i've played are fun but um it was kind of down to those two so no i'm not i'm not i'm I'm not gonna say i'm surprised why were you i was a little i was a little shocked like when they announced it i said oh shit I just didn't know if they would pull it off. You know, it was just hard to tell. God of War is just such a next level, like just experience. 
you know, it's just there's no other games that are like that when you're playing it. It's so cinematic. It's so emotional. It just feels like a big deal. And when you're playing through it, you're just so invested. And the big set pieces, it just shocks you and you don't think it can. And then it continues to do that. And I was currently playing that. And it's been a while since I played Elden Ring. So it was very easy to kind of be like, hey, this is fresher. So I might just have recency bias going on with God of War. But I was still a little surprised. But I was, you know, I wasn't shocked in the way of like, what an appalled you know i mean it it was i can 100 percent see why it's well deserving as i mentioned to you when we were talking earlier about it after they made the announcement is it was like elden ring as you said revolutionized open world games you know one of the things that made me nervous about it was the fact that it was like hey we have this giant open world you can go anywhere do anything which we've done there's nothing on the map so it's like it's not like you're going to icons if you go talk to somebody and you take like a quest from them or take something, you have to go find them again. Like there's no reminder right. that you're going to go back. There's no just <clears throat> following. We played, you know, uh, Horizon Forbidden West. That map is filled with just icons and you're just going from beat to beat, icon to icon. Okay, I'm going to go here. Let me go there. And this is like, you really are creating your own adventure, which is, and it's done so well because for someone like me, that's terrifying like i don't know where to go i don't want to just wander aimlessly around but then when you're doing it it's so compelling that you're still just kind of like okay and then when you find something cool you kind of are there so it's definitely did something different where god of war was kind of just more of the same it didn't do anything different than the 2018 version did it just went a little bit bigger and is definitely still a great game because god of war 2018 was like a masterpiece so this obviously is welcome but i think when you're looking at game of the year it's very easy to be like well elden ring did something different so let's reward them or award them this game of the year so i'm not i was surprised but not shocked that makes sense yeah i think either one winning would have been fine so yeah i'm I'm definitely it's definitely piquing my curiosity to pop that disc back in though and try to dive back into that world a little bit so i'm i have a feeling that's coming because i just now seeing all this elden ring talk i'm kind of like okay let's jump back into some of this backlog but before we get into the backlog we got 2023 and we got a lot of announcements so i kind of cherry picked some of our stuff that interests us our favorites some of our most anticipated and the first one that was on the list here and i don't even know where you fall with this one but jedi star or jesus star wars jedi survivor (laughs) the sequel to jedi fallen which came out a couple years ago on ps4 and i think is out on ps5 and xbox series x now um but they showed full gameplay trailer and it looked pretty pretty sweet um i don't remember if you've played fallen order or fallen jedi and if you had any interest in a Star Wars game, or what did this do for you? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, it was just like no. Star Wars. Yeah, I'm not a Star Wars player. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm just not. Um, we've talked about Star Wars games here and there. I think we even talked about this one a little bit when it was first announced. And I think I said I didn't play the first uh, the first one of that. and. I just never have really played Star Wars games, man. I don't know. That corner of being a Star Wars fan just doesn't appeal to me so much playing the games. So uh, I totally understand why some are excited. Like some people's Star Wars fandom is based mostly off the the games. They like the games, you know, better than the movies and the shows. So, you know, happy for them. But yeah, I'll be all right. (laughs) What about you? I, I played Fallen Order fallen jedi i can't remember what the damn thing's called but i played the first one and it was a good game now i played a lot of it there was a lot of hype obviously and then i was listening to some podcasts and other things that were like this is our game of the year and i was like i can't imagine that and i ended up playing it and yeah i struggled with that there were a lot of like just technical things that bothered me and there were a lot of stuff that some of the combat i just could never grasp it wasn't as tight as i wanted it to be um so i struggled with a lot of that but i did play through the whole game it was it was a good game it had some really cool moments especially towards the end so i'm definitely down for more part of me wants to try the ps5 version of the first one before this one comes out and see how much they tighten some of that stuff up some of those glitches from when i originally played it to try to see it's not it's definitely on my radar. It's definitely something I'll probably end up playing somewhere relatively soon after release, but I don't know to what level. I don't know if I'm a day one. I need I need this game yet, but kind of see 
how it goes, but it was definitely piqued my curiosity. I did enjoy the first one. Uh, one of the big things, obviously, it was like the announcement to end the night before they did game of the year, but we got a new trailer for Final Fantasy 16, as well as a release date of June 22nd, 2023. Did you get a chance to watch, check out this trailer? No, I didn't watch the trailer. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, but, it's good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for this game. Uh, <clears throat> any Final Fantasy news is kind of interesting to me. Even the ones I don't make it all the way through, I always kind of have an interest level enough to want to pick it up. So Final Fantasy 16 is no exception. Um, enjoyed 15, like I've said on the show before. It's the game that made me, you know, buy a PlayStation 4. Um, so, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. How could I not being a fan ever since, you know, for a couple decades now? I will not pass up the opportunity to play the next game in the series. Day one, always Final Fantasy. I just oh, yeah. play through them, love them. It's just a series that for whatever reason just brings me all kinds of excitement. Watching this trailer gave a little bit more story, but still just like Final Fantasy, you're just watching cutscenes and they're gorgeous. You don't know what the hell's going on. You're just like, what is happening? I saw lots of fire and lots of craziness and i was i was just there for it and i was like yes give it to me they gave me a date june 22nd and june 22nd that will be what i will be doing playing final fantasy 16 because that's just what i do it's the summer of 16 boys summer of 16 playing some final fantasy and i think we'll get final fantasy 7 part 2 i think that's supposed to be next winter so i think we might get two big final fantasy games next year but that's not confirmed i think that was just the last rumored date so but i'm ready for it's been a while since 25th or final fantasy 15 so i'm ready for that one the other announcement came out april 19th just in time for my birthday horizon forbidden west the burning shores dlc is dropping um how do you feel about this one now you ready for some more forbidden west hop back into the shoes of aloy yeah um, yeah why not man i mean uh if it continues the trend of how these games have been going, like the first game was fun. And then the DLC for that came out. I forget what it was called. It was frozen wild, frozen wild. And that improved on the first game. Uh, I think we both agreed on that. Um, and then forbidden West came out obviously, uh, this year and had a lot of fun with that. I think we might touch on that game here in a little while maybe in this, in this episode, maybe, but, um, so yeah, if it's following the trend, why wouldn't this DLC be just a, you know more fun than those? Uh, they seem to keep finding ways to improve the gameplay and the story. So yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely be down for another uh, adventure there, another Horizon adventure. I'm not going to be getting the PlayStation VR anytime soon, so I won't be playing that. Uh, I know the there's Call Horizon. of the Wild or whatever it's called. Yeah, I know they have a Horizon game coming for that, but. I'm not ready to buy anything like that. I'm not sold on that. I'm not prepared for a VR lifestyle at this point. I don't have the room. Yeah. So um, this, this new DLC for horizon, the horizon series is a welcome announcement for me. I'm glad we have a date looking forward to it. How about you? Yeah. I've been waiting for it. Obviously is following the pattern. Frozen wilds came out. Um, I pretty much spike played horizon her, horizon zero dawn the first one um i really struggled to get into that game and to really grasp what they were trying to do and it was gorgeous it i was interested in the story and wanted to see where it was going but the gameplay and open world just kind of was a lot for me and i kind of really struggled with feeling anything for the characters or really feeling involved in the world and then i played the frozen wilds and frozen wilds was awesome and it just was like blew me away and i was completely hooked on just the way that they changed the story and just the, the interesting side quests and the characters they just gave even the little npcs so much more depth and i really was excited that they were going to take that into forbidden west which they did and everything just i really enjoyed forbidden west for what it was and enjoyed a lot of that and now the idea that we're going to go to dilapidated la for an expansion and give me more. Yeah, I'm 100%. That's probably a no-brainer purchase for me to jump back into that world and start clearing off that map a little bit more. I played through a lot of it and ready to ready to do it again. Happy birthday to you, April Happy 19th. birthday to me. Um, in my opinion, 
I think this was the biggest announcement that I could have got that got me right in the feels um, was we got another trailer, which I can I can talk about this negatively in a second. But the Suicide Squad, Rocksteady's newest game, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, got a new trailer introducing Batman. Mm. We got this crazy cinematic trailer and then we got Batman and we had a very familiar voice of Batman coming out saying, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. And we got a graphic that said, thank you, Kevin. And as I don't think we've really talked about in the show, but Kevin Conroy, a couple weeks ago who did voiced, I mean, he's our voice of Batman. I, any, but time I, anytime I hear anyone else voice Batman, that's not Kevin Conroy. It sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. And he passed away from cancer a couple weeks ago. And it was kind of really a devastating seems across the whole industry of just, you know, he was well-liked, well-loved, and just that is Batman to a lot of people, including us. And basically, it was announced that he will be Batman one more time in Kill the Justice League Suicide Squad game. That was mm-hmm. like the announcement that had me like, that is awesome. That was so awesome to hear. Yeah, that was amazing. Because uh, we didn't know. Like, nobody, I mean... Didn't even if, think about it. You know, if I mean, if he would have you know still been alive and the game came out we were like oh that's great they got him back you know we wouldn't it wouldn't even you know it's not news that he was voicing batman again but it's news now that he's you know sadly passed away so being able to hear him uh voice the character like the way we hear him like that's just the way we hear him yeah that's the way we hear batman from the animated series to all the arkham games to some of the animated movies i mean just he is batman's voice Mm-hmm. and you know always kind of will be so being able to have have that again on top of it just being a, a new rock steady game you know suicide squad which we're excited for we're gonna we're i think we're gonna enjoy that one um yeah man it, it's it's cool and just the idea that you're gonna be it's in the arkham verse you know what i mean yep it's it's such a fun idea like oh now i have to fight batman of the arkham verse that i've played as so many times now i have to figure out a way to beat him yeah uh, it's going to be cool. So yeah, yeah that, I, I was I definitely, so. I was definitely excited for that. Yes. That was like my announcement of the night was seeing that now coming back to that game with this news aside, I'm tired of seeing cinematic trailers for this game. Sure. Like I want to see gameplay. gameplay. I want to see, I want to know what this game is. You know, it's like, is it a four player co-op? Is it a live service game? Is it like, what is this game going to be? And what does it look like? How does it, how does it play with four people? Does it play with four people? Did they walk that back? Like they haven't talked about what this game is in years and they've just dropped these cool cinematic trailers. Cool. They look awesome, but that doesn't tell me anything about the game. That doesn't tell me if I'm going to have fun. That doesn't tell me you're just basically promoting an animated movie right now. An animated movie seems real cool, but I need, I just really need, especially if this game is supposed to come out. Cause that was the other kind of thing that very quietly came out. Was it looked like this is coming out next year. I think they kind of just quietly, the host of the game awards basically just was like may of 2023, like may of 20, that's five months away. And I don't know what this game is. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I know have, they're selling on Rocksteady, Rocksteady, yeah. Batman. Cool. That's awesome. And I'm, I, I could still 100% see myself buying it if it came out tomorrow at full price. But I just really want to know what this game is. Games have started to kind of do that trend. We've been over this, but we think games, games really kind of do this now is they give you the cinematic trailers a lot at first. And then kind of when the game's starting to, starting to get close to its release date, then they'll start dropping little things like, here's what it looks like to play as Nightwing and Robin, like the same way Gotham Knights did. So, I mean... Yeah. Um, I expect we'll see something too, but I, I, I'm with you. I'm kind of a little getting a little eager to see it, but, uh, doesn't reduce, it doesn't reduce my hype level for it. No, no, no. And, and Kevin Conroy to the voice cast just, just helps. So I'm, I'm definitely still there on its own. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still there for it, but want to just, I'm getting antsy, just getting antsy as we're getting closer that I want to, I want, I want more. Um, Yeah. Getting antsy. Uh, one of the other big announcements was death stranding to uh Hideo Kojima came out on the stage unveiled Death Stranding 2 Norman Reedus all kinds of people in there looked kind of zany and crazy I always want to like Kojima games but I always struggle with them and getting through them I played a lot of Metal Gear but not as much as I probably should have um due to just lots of random reasons um but and including the original Death Stranding so did you ever play the original Death Stranding nah you interested in Death Stranding 2 
Nah. <laughs> um, that answers that. Uh, I'm with I'm with you on Kojima games. They seem like they're masterpieces, and like some of the early ones we played, like first Metal Gear for PlayStation One, and even the second one with Raiden, even though people didn't like him. But like I tried to play Snake Eater um, just to keep following that pattern. I just couldn't get into that one because you didn't have radar. Uh, so after that, I just kind of fell off Kojima games. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. Ne- I didn't continue down the Metal Gear path. I know Death Stranding uh, kind of had mixed mixed reaction from people. Some people thought it's genius and a, and a, a brilliant interpretation and like a of a game and just different in so many ways. But some people were just like, "This game's boring." Yeah, uh, yeah. which you know could be true too. So I don't know. It's just kind of one that kind of pass me by so this doesn't do a ton for me <laughs> it like i said looked weird looked cool made me just remember that that's a game i played for like an hour when i rented at Redbox when it came out and was just like i'm not feeling this right now so then i just never walked back to it um it did it is out on the playstation plus premium tier so i did download it after the game awards like okay maybe i'll check this out so i might check it out and see if there's anything to it but yes it was a big announcement and I don't know how I feel about it yet, but it did look kind of cool and like just from a weird standpoint. I want to like it, but I don't know if I do. And then we got a lot of interest. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if you had any more thoughts on that. So I was no gonna... more thoughts. I got zero thoughts on Death Stranding. But I know you got thoughts on Street Fighter Six because oh, they yeah. did some new unveils, and Don wants to be a Street Fighter boy, and he <laughs> told me that he's ready to jump in on that. So t- talk, talk about street fighter six. I'm wondering if this is just one of those things you say you're going to do, but probably won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could easily fall into that category, but just, I don't know, man, like street fighter five was a game. I downloaded once it became free on, I think right. PlayStation store or something. So I definitely was not in on the ground floor on that, but you turn it on and there's like all these uh, little ads and stuff for like the tournaments going on and, and people, playing against each other online and it sounds like they're having so much fun with it and like this is a new tournament and blah blah blah, blah. I was like man I could do that I like Street Fighter like Street Fighter's my basically the game that founded my love for fighting games you know mm-hmm. I go back I go back to middle school going to a buddy's house to play Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo so it's like if I can get in on the ground floor of of Street Fighter 6 and like learn it and actually be able to play and hold my own against players uh, around the world like how cool would that be sounds like a fun idea well, if i actually do it that's that's a whole another question entirely i have a problem with paying full price for fighting games i don't know why i just do i actually don't buy fighting games anymore i kind of just download them when they become streamable and free yeah um, but we'll have to see i'll think about it I'll, I'll watch some videos and see but man just wouldn't that be cool you know would be cool would be cool. I know we played a little bit of Street Fighter Five, but yeah, I always, I always want to play fighting games, and then I, by myself, it's just kind of not the same. So, right. You and I grew up playing strip fighting games, but they were always together, and we were just would whoop on each other, and it was fun. But when I went home, I didn't keep playing. Check right. <laughs> well, that's the thing that's like nowadays with the online is like if you get in and you're actually having fun, you become, you know, part of that community that loves that game, and you play against other players online. So. Who knows? I mean, it's then a thing gotta, that could happen. Be good. Will it? I don't know. Yeah. Then I got to be good. That's why you start at the beginning. Get your practice in before everybody passes you by. I hear it, that. You know? I hear that. Well, we might have to have some conversations when the release date for that gets closer. I don't know when it is. I don't know. Um, to wrap up the Game Awards and the stuff that was announced, I want to know, talk about something that wasn't announced. And where was Spider-Man 2? Right. This is one of the biggest games of next year. It's supposed to come out, and we still... I mean, I'm complaining about Suicide Squad game. We've seen nothing but one little teaser trailer that teased Venom in Spider-Man 2, and we got nothing about that game. And I really kind of was expecting at least another trailer or at least some kind of information about this game. Where was Spider-Man 2, man? Yeah, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm sad. I'm sad it wasn't. Uh we both love Spider-Man one super and the miles game and Spider-Man two is supposed to be Peter and miles in the same game. So how cool is that? Yeah. I and want that co-op announcement. So I know if you and I are playing that game together, 
Oh my gosh. It's, and we need to be... figure out how we're going to do that and play another <laughs> open world game that might be completely different than when we played through Gotham Knights. So, yeah. I mean, that could be kind of insane done many different ways. So I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of frustration. Yeah, we we wish we definitely wish that would have been talked about. It it kind of goes right along with our interests. Uh, yeah. Where was it? Where was Spider Man? So I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. we get some more information on that game at some point soon. But yes, that is since we were talking about our most anticipated of twenty twenty three. That is one of our most anticipated of twenty twenty three. But should have closed out twenty twenty two with a little bit of Spider Man two. Damn it! Yeah. But as we talk about closing up twenty twenty two. We kind of went through and did our top picks for favorite comics and favorite games of 2022. And we kind of decided to merge our list together since we have a lot of crossover interests there and talk about what some of our favorites were for for that. And so I think we're going to start with our start number. Well, yeah, we'll start with our just number one. This is kind of do a countdown. I don't really know if we didn't really put these in number order. I kind of was going no, we forth between games and comics. So not necessarily saying this is our favorite thing, but we talked about it earlier. God of War Ragnarok mm-hmm. came out a couple of weeks ago. We've been playing it nonstop. I think I hit 32 hours last night. You hit what, 40? Yeah, last I looked, I was around 40. You know, so, I mean, we put some time into this game. I finished the story last night. You were pretty much knocking on the door to knock out the story. This game is amazing like if i played more of elden ring maybe i could be like elden ring but mm-hmm. god of war ragnarok is the one i put probably the most time into this year of playing a single game that probably wasn't called call of duty or Warzone, and uh and that could be even questionable at this year the way this year has gone with that but god of war ragnarok an amazing amazing game what do you think don why did it make this list for you yeah we implore you guys to go play this game if you haven't and we have an episode about our first impressions Mm -hmm. of this game from a few weeks ago so if you didn't hear that one uh you can go listen to our first impressions and and the further you get the better it gets um i mean what can you say it's it's a it's a cinematic video game experience Mm -hmm. um you care about all these characters i mean from from Kratos and Atreus, who are your main characters, and they've kind of taken all the side characters from the first game and actually given them uh, depth and backstory. And you have a basically a bunch of people you're worried about what happens to them, and you care about their stories, and you get to play as different people and go to new areas. Um, they made just the right amount of tweaks to the gameplay from the first one, which was an amazing game to make it even better now. So, I mean... I think this one was a no-brainer for us to put on the list. Like I said, we we kind of talked about it already in an episode, but yeah, man, can't say enough they, good things about it. Yeah, they basically made, I was thinking about this last night, they made 2018 God of War, which is an amazing game, an amazing story, but it's so small compared to this one. Mm-hmm. And it really seems like what you were going out there to do was basically just open up all the realms. Like, we're going to open up all these realms, go to these couple different places and have this kind of like story where we're realizing there's all these realms. And then now you get into this one and all that already happened. So it's like all of a sudden now you have nine open worlds to go explore and discover. And it, the game opened up so much more. And there's just so much more in that. Like you said, what'd you get through? 17 hours to get through God of War? Yeah. And now I'm pushing 40 on yeah. the sequel. All right. Now, of course, there's a lot I didn't do side quests in the original one, but I think I was 20 something hours to get through the story and what side stuff I did do. But this one, I've been more compelled to do more of the side stuff. I've been more drawn into the world. It's just it's an outstanding update and just a sequel to what was an amazing game. Most definitely. So no doubter on our list. How last question I have for you that I was probably going to ask you anyway, how far because I'm struggling with this. When you finish the story, how much more do you think you're going to play? That's always a struggle for me. Um, Even if it's a game I really like, I don't tend to go in and do too much more afterwards. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of how I play games. I I did it with Spider-Man. I did it with Horizon. I just kind of like stop. You hit a stopping point. Yeah. So I don't know. Once the story's done, I couldn't tell you how much more I'll do, to be honest. 
I finished it last night around 11 and then I ended up staying up for another two hours. And most of that time was spent fighting one berserker that I died probably a hundred times at. And I was having a lot of fun and wanted to keep doing it. But then now even this morning I'm waking up and I'm like, do I want to play something different? Yeah. It's, so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how much longer I'm going to jump into it for now, but it's an amazing game. Regardless, I've, I've gotten my money's worth for 30 something hours. I am satisfied and that is why it is on the list but let's switch over to comic books and i'm not prepared for this conversation because i didn't grab the books by me so i don't have all the information but one of the first comic books we wanted to talk about that came out this year that was amazing is do a power bomb by darren warren johnson daniel daniel warren johnson my bad man if you're listening (laughs) um that's why i needed the comic book so i had all that information right next to me but we've talked about him on the show before because we've both read a lot of his past work you read murder falcon i read uh extremity, extremity. um his art style he does a lot of his, the he does all the drawing illustrations right mm-hmm. do a power bomb is outstanding i haven't finished it yet the last issue literally just came out this week and my comic book store didn't have it in my box yet so i have to go pick it up but what i've read of this is just like I finish an issue and I feel something, you know, a lot of times I'll read comics and I'm like, Oh, this was good. This is just outstanding. It's in the world of professional wrestling. um, And you just have just this professional wrestling girl who wants to be a wrestler. Her mother was a wrestler and she gets pulled into another dimension for a wrestling tournament. And there's so much level levels to it and so much story and so much heartfelt that you're not expecting in the story. This comic book was outstanding to me, man. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um, Daniel Warren Johnson's really good yeah. to to start with. Um, like you said, those couple things, but he's also written for Marvel. Like did a Beta Ray Bill uh, Marvel miniseries, which was like one of my favorite books from the year before. And mm-hmm. uh, I know he's done some Wonder Woman stuff, like Wonder Woman Dead Earth for DC. But like when he does his own thing, like Murder Falcon, and and now um, do a power bomb. He just, he just, man, like if you, if you guys are listening and you haven't read a book by him or seen his art, go check it out. He's just so like non-traditional with the way he kind of draws the things in there. So big and, and, and detailed, like the thick he lines. Does, yeah. He does like huge splash pages. Like, uh, I thought I had it over here, but, uh, I bought like a, a print from him from do a power bomb, which is just like a one page of, of the guy doing a moonsault. And he's mm-hmm. got like this, the huge crowd in the background. It's just like, you could stare at some of his pages for a long time and still not see everything. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I actually, go ahead. I was going to say, I loved in the end of the first issue. I don't know if you read it, but in the back, he had a letter mm-hmm. where he talked about where this book came from. Yeah. And I just loved that. And a lot of it came out of the pandemic and a lot of it came out of just trying to uh, feel something and just being exposed to new Japan pro wrestling and never really watching wrestling or knowing what it was, but not really being into it. And then just being so sucked into it to the point that he saw this great story that could be tied yeah. to that world. And that's just awesome. It was just a very cool, made you feel something for the story yeah. a little bit more. You could feel where his passion came from. And I f- actually found it now. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see, what I'm holding here. If you're not watching on YouTube, you should probably go watch it now so you can see this. If you're on the podcast, you don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, I met him at C2E2 at his table and he signed this for me. So this is pretty awesome. cool. I did talk to him for a minute about it a little bit, like saying, you know, uh, when I was talking to him, I said, I'm kind of a lapsed wrestling fan myself, which I am, but I was kind of getting into AEW a little bit now mm-hmm. lately. And uh, that's on and off, but I kind of catch myself wanting to check it out again. And yeah, he kind of told that story. He's like, yeah, you know what? When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my parents wouldn't let me. I, did, I, did have, I didn't get into wrestling until a couple of years ago. And it kind of just overtook me. And, and it was like, yeah, man, that's dope. So Murder Falcon, he wrote about his love of music. And, and this is like now his love of pro wrestling and making him to comic books. It's a great read. Uh, I, I think we're neither one of us has, have finished it. It's only got a couple issues left uh, that we haven't read, but. Yeah, man, it's it's a great book. Uh, even if you're not a fan of wrestling, I think there's enough in there to just kind of action and and story and heart to it that yeah, you should be reading that one if you're not. Yeah, absolutely, 
hundred percent, hundred percent, one of my favorite of the year. Switching back to games, and we t- mentioned it quite a few times in this podcast, but no surprise, one of our other favorite games is Horizon Forbidden West. Um, played this year, it was one of the other games that came out earlier, March or April of the year, and we sunk a lot of time into exploring that world, that universe. I mean, Sony first person, first party games, the stories, and just the level of production is just outstanding, and it's hard to to beat it with a lot of other stuff but this was just one of the really fun games that i think we uh like i said put a lot of time into it's not perfect it's definitely not one of my favorite just there's a lot to it and there's a lot of things that they do that you know i'm hoping they clean up for the next one but uh-huh. a lot of fun with the ventures of aloy and i enjoyed it a lot more than i did horizon zero dawn yeah this is one of playstation's flagship games i mean you guys have heard us talk about it we've talked about it it's just fun yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like PlayStation's. The closest you're gonna get a PlayStation Zelda game is kind of how I look at it. Um, a little bit, a lot of open world mechanics and 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 RPG style building your character up and just uh, yeah, man, the adventures of Aloy and trying to prevent the apocalypse uh, from the machines. It's it's a fun game if you're into that kind of stuff, like fantasy sci-fi mixed together. Um, yeah, man, definitely one of my and, favorites. And a different kind of combat system. It's not just like mashing on stuff. It's a little bit of stealth with open mm-hmm. world mixed in with just like bows and arrows and other kind of more primitive weapons that are enhanced by technology. But then a lot of that stuff is you have to have the right weapon to fight the right robot and you have to hit the weak spots. And I mean, battles can kind of take a long time if you're not doing it the right way. And mm-hmm. if you have to kind of learn the systems to really do that. And I think I dove into that a little bit deeper, not as well as I probably could have. I still spammed a lot of the, the grenade arrows and, you know, some of the other ones that just seem to work on everybody. Um, so I probably didn't play it right, but it was like, I said, you played it your way. You played played it my way. I, I dove, I fell into it a lot harder than I expected to. I was very amped for it. So I'm definitely, like I said, ready for more. And it definitely was a highlight for 2022 for me on the gaming side. Definitely. Um, This year we had the return of saga, which was a Mm -hmm. comic book. Once again, I'm not prepared for Brian Vaughn. Yeah. Brian K Vaughn and Fiona Staples. There it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they did 55 issues of this comic book several years ago and then took a three year break and came back with episode or issue 56 earlier this year. And I, we have different experiences, which we're going to talk about here. I loved this book. I read the omnibus before the new one came out to Mm -hmm. catch up. It was one I always wanted to read and I got like volume one at the library and I read it and just devoured it. And I was like, this is amazing. And I immediately went on Amazon, bought the omnibus and I, killed this 1500 page thing and read all the issues so i could jump in at 56 when it came out earlier this year and uh fall back into that world and i've really i really loved it it's just a story unlike anything that you've ever heard one of the things that they said they strived themselves on was trying to make something that was unadaptable so it's like this is just crazy zany just insanity that happens across this world that you can't imagine any other medium happening and it's just a joy to to kind of go through and experience. And I'm glad that I was able to jump on the train and get back in there for this return to form for Saga. Yeah, man. I think it's, uh, like you said, we had different experiences reading this book. I kind of been reading Saga since, well, I don't want to say since the first issue, because I do remember when it came out, though. I remember seeing Saga number one on the shelf and just being like, ah, I don't know what that is. But then like the the collection of the first volume, which is like first five or six issues. Yeah. And, you know, Image always does these things where that first one's like 10 bucks. I was like, well, and I think it was even a sale at my comic book store. So I probably got that for under 10 bucks. I was like, let me finally see what this is. Yeah. And I read through it and I was like, oh, my God, this book's great. And from that point on, like, I have all the single issues since then. Um, yeah, man. But that three year break hurt. So that's why I struggle a little bit. I, I understand. I think we've talked about this. I understand why they had to do it. Um, a creator owned comic book, pushing it out monthly, just taking breaks here and there. It's, I'm sure very time consuming and, and life consuming. And, you know, people got other stuff going on. I think Fiona Staples uh, became a mother sometime in there. And Brian Kavon had a lot to do with the Why the Last Man show and um, and and some other things. So. Mm-hmm. 
I totally understood why, but man, three years is a long time to still want to pick up a comic books. But then when issue 55 came out, I think it was 55 where they, they mm. came back. Uh, it was kind of like learning how to ride a bike or like, no, riding a bike. Like you, you just kind of pick up where you left off. I didn't even go back and read the issues before. And I opened those first couple of pages. And I'm like, ah, yeah, this is like the, the, the comforting saga I'm used to. It's just like, it's funny. It's sci-fi. It's kind of out there. There's some shocking, like shock factor stuff in there. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, man, it's a great story that probably can't be adapted into anything. Maybe if they ever wanted to do an animation, I could see there's no way you could ever do this as a live action, but I say no. that who, who knows? Um, Someone yeah, out there's really, probably trying. Yeah, I don't. I don't even want them to. I like no. it as it is. I like it being told as a comic. Um, yeah, dude. So, so the only the only other problem is we got to issue sixty, and now we're on another hiatus. Hopefully, yeah. not three years, but it's been it's been some months. It has. Um, it's been a while since it's popped up in my polls, and it's been kind of like, where are you? That's one of the ones that I always would put right to the top, and I would knock out pretty much as soon as I got it, and haven't seen it in a while. So yeah, it's kind of been a rough rough six months so hopefully yeah we're not going for another three years but no, at least we didn't get left with a crazy cliffhanger for three years i don't know how you guys how you all sat on a that no. cliffhanger for three years yeah we're not going to tell people what it is but it, it was crazy to have to sit on something for three years like that but uh yeah i think in the back of issue 60 they even i mean they always do warn you when a hiatus is coming so they let they let you know but still it's like uh come on i want it that's yeah. just me being greedy. But yeah, Saga definitely deserving on the list of uh, top comics and games of the year, I would say. Yeah, it definitely stands out for me as something, an experience that uh, that is memorable for me this year. Yeah. So definitely glad for that. You had another one for different reasons that you wanted to kind of talk about, which was the end of Deadly Class and a comic book that I know you've read and you've talked about quite a few times. TV show I think you watched for a while. Um, kind of a world that you were a part of. So I want to let you know oh, yeah. about deadly class and why it makes one of your favorite moments of 2022. I mean, this will probably be my last chance to talk about deadly class if I ever do on this show. So I might as well do it. Right. Right. Um, I don't know, man. I just had this time during when I first started collecting comics again, like we've talked about, we did it a lot when we were young, kind of fell off in, in the middle years of life. And I came back to it, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago and just kind of like started buying more and new 52 that kind of, that kind of rekindled the interest a little bit, mm -hmm. but like, then I started really looking more at image comics too. At that time, you know, when you don't want to read something, Marvel DC, uh, like, well, image has all these creator owned books, people kind of doing what they want and their own fresh ideas. And I like supporting stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. you and I both do. Uh, but deadly class was one of the first ones that really stuck with me from image uh, when number one came out. Now this book started in 2014 um, and I've been reading it ever since. Like you said, it did get adapted into a TV show that didn't succeed. Unfortunately, I think it was kind of a bad choice. It got put on sci-fi channel. I mm -hmm. think that was just like a death sentence from the beginning. Nobody's watching sci-fi channel, no matter how good a show is or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry if there's any sci-fi channel heads out there. Didn't mean to offend you, but I don't really consider that really a destination for shows that are going to make it. Um, but yeah, man, back to the book. It's just, it's great. And for those who haven't ever heard of Deadly Class or don't know anything about it, just a quick description of it. Um, it says, welcome to the most brutal high school on earth where the world's top crime families send the next generation of assassins to be trained. Murder is an art, killing is a craft. At King's Dominion High School for the Deadly Arts, the dagger in your back isn't always metaphorical, nor is your fellow classmates poison. And that's kind of what this book has been, and it's kind of a retro throwback at the beginning. You start in the 80s, and now at the end of this series, which the series is ending, sadly, um, or did end, but like it, it's all the way from the 80s to, I think, 2023 is where they end throughout these 56 issues uh and man and you just get attached to characters and the writing's really well done from rick remender and the art from Wes craig it's really good and the biggest the biggest draw to me of creator-owned books is um 
getting to know the characters and not knowing what the hell is going to happen to them throughout the book. So when you're reading through 56 issues, you get attached to these people and then, you know, spoilers, not spoiler or whatever, but like these creators kill their characters or have really bad stuff happen to them. And this isn't like Marvel or DC where Superman dies and Batman dies and Spider-Man dies and Wolverine dies. And, you know, of course, they're going to come back in creator owned books. When someone's dead, they're dead. And it's like when you're attached, it's hard. And, and that's, you know, there's been some heartbreaking moments in this book. And I have the last issue that I'm like sitting here, not ready to read yet because mm-hmm. I don't want it to be over. And I know some crazy stuff is going to happen in here. That's why I haven't read it yet. Yeah. So um, definitely on a book, a book, I think everybody should read. It's been a fun ride and uh, hopefully it goes out on a high, not heartbreaking note, but yeah, that's, kind of why it made my list go check it out great art great story it's a good one nice yeah it was always one i was heard in my periphery but Mm -hmm. never really jumped into because like i said it was already kind of rolling at that time especially when there was talk of the show and kind of watching trailers for that i was like okay but once again i think it was kind of like well it's on sci-fi and i don't have sci-fi channel so i can't really it's not streaming anywhere i can't really watch it nobody Um, did (laughs) so yeah and i don't know if it is i don't know if it's on it might be on peacock possibly not sure but, but yeah i haven't really known i haven't seen it pop up anywhere so i really haven't even had the opportunity to watch it to know about that and then like i said now knowing that it's over might be worth checking out and jumping into yeah man if you can find if you can find that first volume somewhere pick it up it's good it's good to read i think sure it's around they'll have now that it's done they'll put out an omnibus and there you go can pick them all up in one compendium um, oh, yeah. So those were kind of some of our favorite comics and games of 2022. And we've talked about what we're pumped up for, for 2023. Um, so we're definitely kind of ready to wrap up this year. I believe next week, as we discussed kind of loosely, I think we were going to try to talk about black Adam next week as it does hit HBO. We're still figuring that out, but most likely we'll that'll be probably the, the go-to for that. And then I know we do want to wrap up this year with our, favorite movies and tv shows of 2022 and possibly what we're excited about coming into the next year if there's anything that jumps out in that realm so i mean lots to look forward to lots coming up even in the next couple weeks as we finish up the year we want to thank you all for sticking with us this year and hanging out with us on all podcasts and social media services raised a geek is how you find us raise the geek at email gmail.com is how you email us And you can hit us up now and say hi and see us in the comments over on YouTube. So, hi. How you guys doing? Looking good out there? Um, So definitely, we want to thank you all for sticking with us. We're looking for those five-star reviews, so definitely hit us up with that. Now, I forgot people can see me so now when i'm giving my you're thumbs giving up away, as I head into you're the giving finish, away our secrets <laughs> giving away the secrets our hand gestures here on zoom um but i think that's going to do it for us this week so for raise the geek i'm chris and i'm don and thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak